What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, November 12th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 185. How you doing? I hope everybody had a great week and uh, got a lot of cool stuff to talk about on this show. Uh, but first, I want to thank all you guys for the feedback and reviews about last week's show. Apparently, uh, a lot of people liked it. And uh, you guys usually like the show, but uh, I don't know what it was about last week. Maybe, uh, I don't know, the fact that somebody threw something at me or I don't know. But <laughs> either way, thank you guys for the kind and uh, nice comments on last week's show. Thank you and welcome to all the new listeners. I heard a lot of uh, heard a lot of feedback from people that uh, recently have uh, jumped aboard, listened to the Verzi Effect, so I appreciate that, and uh, got a great show for you guys today, some cool stuff happened this week, and uh, so let's get into it. First, as always, got to shout out the Verzi Effect sponsor, GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians, most recently they added on a Joe Bartnick, funny comedian, guy that I went on the road with with the All In Tour. Love Joe, and I know that that must be awesome. There's also guys on there like Doug Stanhope and Sean Patton, and um, my I did mine recently there, and Joe Matteris. So just go to GonzoFame.com, and I know they're redoing the website and uh, doing a bunch of stuff with it. But you will get great interviews and um, find out a lot about the uh, comedians that you you know you you love. Uh, all the all the comedians of today, it's the best interviews. So GonzoFame.com, check that out now. Getting into the show, um, this week in New York was a pretty big week for comedy because it was a New York comedy festival, and it's always uh, from, I believe it's like, yeah, something like November 4th or 5th until, um, you know, that, so, and it always starts on like a Tuesday or Wednesday and then ends on that Sunday, so uh, uh, I, uh, I, now that I think about it, this was my first New York comedy festival that I was a part of. Um, but this one was a little different. I actually opened for Bill Burr on three of them. We did Town Hall together. We did Carnegie Hall. And then we did The Beacon last year. This year, I was just on regular club shows. I did the mashup show with Giannis Pappas, which was so much fun. We had a blast. That was, I think, opening night of the... Yeah, that was opening night of the festival where two comedians go on stage at the same time. And... Just had such a great time with that. And then the last one was the all-in tour. Uh, me and Joe Bartnick. Uh, Jason Lawhead couldn't make that one. But me and Joe Bartnick and Ari Shafir and uh, Angelo Lozada hosted. And a couple of you know guests came on. Adrian Apolucci, Krista Stefano. It was just a great, great show. Great showcase. Great lineup. And um, it was amazing to, uh, to see that it was sold out. And these people were... It was so cool to do a sold-out all-in tour show at my home club in New York. Just a great time. By the way, guys, don't mind my voice. Believe it or not, I know I sound like I'm sick, but I'm really not. I think it's like allergies, and I'm happy about that because if I was really sick, it would suck because I'm going to Miami in the morning. So this is just some sort of allergy shit, so, you know, bear with me here. But, yeah, so it was so cool to all in tour, man. It was sold out days before um, we did it, which was on Sunday, and uh, Sunday was insanely stressful for me, so I will uh, I will lead up to Sunday and tell you guys what happened because there were all kinds of parties going on, and you know Comedy Central in association with Caroline's Comedy Club is the one that do the festival, and there's always that party. So 
you know, I, we do the show on Tuesday. I believe it was Tuesday. Yeah, we do the, was the, yeah, the mashup show I think we did on Tuesday. Or no, Wednesday, because I think I talked about it in the last podcast. We do that. And then everyone's like, hey, you're going to go to the party on um, Thursday. So we go to the party. This is actually going to lead into my unacceptable, because my unacceptable this week um, just bothered me. And uh, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, definitely unacceptable. So I'm going to I'm gonna talk about this story with this Comedy Central party, and then it'll go right into the uh, unacceptable. So excuse me while I sip my drink here. Okay, so I'm like, man, are you going to go to the Comedy Central party? And I was talking to my, uh, Giannis, Giannis Pappas, and Giannis was like, I don't know, man. What do you think? You want to go? Now, one thing that happened that was really um, funny, especially for Giannis, was this whole thing with shrimp. Now, there's a couple of things online about it, but I'll give you guys a whole backstory because apparently Comedy Central found it to be really funny too. So, a couple of years ago, I was at the Comedy Central New York Comedy Festival party, which they do every year. Sometimes it's on top of a hotel. Sometimes it's, you know, all different places all over the city. So, this one year... I go into this party, and uh, me and Giannis are sitting there. This is a couple years ago, and every hors d'oeuvre tray that came in, we just took. I mean, we were eating like we just got out of fucking prison. We were eating everything, just little burgers. Yeah, I'll have some of that. Oh, you want a block of cheese with some crack? Yeah, I'll have some of that. Oh, you want these little rice ball thing? Oh, you want some chicken? Just anything and everything they gave. It was like we ate two meal, two adult meals just with the hors d'oeuvres that came out. So we're standing there, and I lean over to Giannis, totally had no idea that it was going to do what it did or grow into what it grew into, but I lean over to Giannis, and I go, dude, I got to tell you something, man. I go, this was amazing. I go, the hors were great. They kept coming with them. They they got rid of your toothpicks and your napkins real quick, like you weren't holding garbage. They were they were on it with everything, and you never got hungry. They kept coming out, and he's like, yep, yep, and he's agreeing, and he's agreeing, and then I leaned over to him and I go, but I got to tell you, man, got to be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed there was no shrimp. And Giannis falls the fuck out laughing. Like, I mean, he lost his mind. And he and I like he knew that I was wasn't trying to be funny. I wasn't trying to be funny. If I was trying to be funny or get a joke from a friend, you know, I would I would admit it. I literally just said that and he's losing it. And I think he was laughing so hard because I was that serious and genuine. Fast forward to this year. When we got the the invitation to RSVP to go to this party, it literally said on the invitation, come celebrate improv, stand-up, and shrimp. And we're looking at each other like, is there any way that they could have known? And we talked about doing a sketch about how we like always over-the-top compliment everything, but then there's one thing at the end we're disappointed in and it was going to start with the shrimp and this whole thing. So my manager's... We're actually at lunch with the Comedy Central people and told them about this. And they started falling out laughing like, oh, my God, that's so funny. And we go to this party this time and they actually had shrimp. So me and Giannis don't know if it came from that or wherever, but it was pretty funny. So we go to the party and the party's like whatever. You know, they had, by the way, hors d'oeuvres not as good this year. That much I could tell you. But we go and we're just hanging out. You know, you see people, hey, what's going on? Oh, how the show's going? Great, blah, blah, blah. All the bullshit that you do. You see people, you know, agents and managers may come up. Oh, hey, man, you think you're really funny, blah, blah. Just play the game. You sit there. You talk to people. You network. You have a good time. 
And I'm like, I go over to Giannis and we were like, man, let's get out of here. And I was like, this is, this is, we did the line from Swingers. We we're like, man, this place is dead anyway. So we're like, you know, you want to go over to um, Club Macanudo? And I was like, yeah, we got to, I was like, we got to go to Club Macanudo. Um, for you people that don't know about Club Macanudo, I'll tell you about it. So um, Club Macanudo is a amazing cigar bar and lounge uh, in New York City on Park Avenue. And uh, during the week, it's open to like one o'clock in the morning. And it's just a great, just amazing place to smoke a stick, have a scotch. They have a couple of flat screens on the wall so you could watch the game. But it's really classy, high end, like amazing furniture, like just all kinds of like, they got, it's just, it's just the setup is beautiful. It's all wood. It's like, it's not a bar. It's, it's not like a shitty bar you go into. This is a high class, like gotta have shoes. I've literally gone to this place, and they were like, you, you got to take your sneakers off. And I was like, shit, I only have sneakers. And like, oh, well, we could give you slippers. And I'm walking around this place in fucking slippers, if you could imagine that. Just, just That's how nice it is. I didn't even care. I wasn't even like, yeah, and I know. You could be like, that's unacceptable wearing slippers. I don't care. I was like, you know what? Once I sit down, nobody knows. I, I got I to gotta smoke a stick in this place. That's how beautiful it is. So I tell Giannis about it, and I'm like, dude, we got to go. Club Macanudo, I was like... Go to the, you know, we'll go to the Comedy Central party for a little while, show our face, do what we got to do. It's like, then we have to go and we have to go to Club Macanudo, smoke a stick, get a scotch and do all that. So he's like, yeah, absolutely. So I open my trunk, take my sweatshirt off. I got a button down in my trunk and shoes in my trunk for any time I'm in the city. If I'm going to go to a cigar lounge, I got the fucking costume in the car. I got a button down and nice shoes in the car that I'll throw on no matter what I'm dressed like. Because I always got jeans, so if I'm doing sets, I'm doing sets in jeans, a sweatshirt, or a sweater, and sneakers. So I'll throw off the sweatshirt, or, uh, you know, and, and I'll just, and you know, in sneakers, and I'll put the shoes and button down on. So I bring Giannis a button down, and we're just laughing about that, how I'm just, like, opening up the trunk. You know, we're acting like undercover cops, we're going to smoke a fucking stick. So we go in, Giannis never been there before. Just an amazing time. We've got a couple of Cohibas. We got some Lagavulin. By the way, Lagavulin 16 and Lagavulin 18 years is the best scotch out there. It's over. Game over. Not even close. It, it's you, you could sit there and argue. I know there's other good ones out, but Lagavulin, once you get past how smoky it is, and you could taste the wood. This shit is so smoky, and you could taste the wood, but once you get past it, it just lights you up. It's insane. The combination of that with a good cigar just took me to a level of... of happiness and peace that you rarely get so we're sitting there and we're just having a great time and Giannis like oh my god this is amazing man this is such a cool time and I'm like I know isn't it but before this happens is my unacceptable now this place always has nice you know attractive um waitresses that are very um you know knowledgeable about the tobaccos and the different cigars a lot of them are from the countries where the cigars are from. Like, I don't know if that's a part of it, but there's a lot of just, you know, people and, and, and the wait staff knows about cigars, knows about tobacco. They're very, like, professional. They cut it for you. They light it. It's just an amazing thing. So, it's not a place where you go and you look at fucking waitresses. It's not. It's just such a professional, nice place. So, I'm telling you honest that. And our waitress comes over and she's looking down and her eyes are watery. And and yeah and me and I'm just like right away I was like what the fuck is her problem you know 
And Giannis just goes, oh, you all right? You look like you've been crying. And she goes, yeah, I have. But I'm okay now. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, I'm about to smoke a stick, okay? I'm about to smoke a cigar here, all right? So that, that, what does that mean? That means celebratory. That means happy. That means relaxing. That means unwinding. The last thing I want is the waitress who's going to hand me a scotch and a nice cigar in a cigar bar that, you know, you can't smoke in New York. This is grandfathered in for many years that's what makes it so cool. There's highlights on the on the screen. I'm with a good friend of mine. We just came from a party. We just want to relax. And my and the waitress comes over like watery eyed, looking like she doesn't want to be there, forcing her way through it. It's fucking unacceptable. And if I'm her manager or boss, I'm gonna say, listen, I don't give a shit what happens, sweetheart. Hold it together or get the fuck out. Period. Period. You know, go to the bathroom, wipe your eyes. You come. You don't show that shit at a fuck. I don't care what happened. First of all, you know it wasn't that bad because if it was that bad, she would have left or somebody would have let her leave. Okay, so I'm not giving. I'm not giving any slack on this one. You don't come to a table and serve scotches and fucking you know cigars crying. It's unacceptable. It makes me now. You now you you're putting your problem on my cigar. You're putting your problem on my time to have a good time to unwind. This is why I come here. You know what I mean? I could understand if you work at fucking Applebee's and you're giving out the stupid-ass Applebee's, you know, same sirloin steak or whatever the shit they've been selling for, you know, 15 years or 30 years with these shitty fucking wings. You hate your job. They, You know, they make you put on a name tag and all kinds of stupid... I could understand if you're crying then. I'd probably, you know, understand why you were crying and not care. I'd be crying too because the food's so shitty. But... I'm in a classy joint in New York City with a buddy of mine about to smoke a, you know, $25, $30 cigar with a nice scotch and, and you're coming wiping your eyes. And then like when she came and gave stuff, she was like, um, you might, you know, like she could tell she wasn't into it. And then the bill, she's like, listen, I just, if you could pay this, she's like, you guys could stay, but I'm going. And it was, it was just, it was fucking unacceptable. And I felt bad because it was the first time I'm taking Giannis to the place and he loved it and he doesn't realize how awesome it is other times. And he still thought it was awesome, but it's just kind of a downer. You know, it's a cigar place. It just was weird. It was like it was almost like if somebody handed you money and they were crying, you'd feel weird taking it. You know, even if it was fine to take it and you were supposed to take it, if somebody just handed you a stack of money, yeah, you'd feel fine, but there'd be a part of you that ruins that inner... You know, it was like when I ordered that salad at that, at that place. I don't know if you guys remember this. I talked about it. I talked about it on stage, but I ordered a salad. It was like this big, you know, heavy woman sitting there. And, you know, I was like, yeah, can I get a... I was, I forgot. I was like, can I get a Greek salad with this and that? And she was just kind of like, honey, I am tired. I just want to go home. And I wanted to be like, fuck you. Now I don't want this salad that's not made with any love because you're fucking lazy and tired and want to go home. I, I don't understand people that... Listen, I understand you can have a bad day at work. I get it, okay? I totally get it. Um, things sh- Shit happens. But you need to understand that when people are paying top dollar for something or people are paying a, a, a pretty penny, you know, to get something and you're crying giving it to them, that's not professional and I don't give a shit. You know, she was like Colombian and she was just like, I wanted to be like, you know, go fucking cry when you're cleaning somebody's house. Not when you're giving me a Cohiba. You know, it was it was unacceptable. 
It was unacceptable, not cool. Wipe your fucking eyes and toughen up. It's ridiculous. You know, what, did your boyfriend fucking break up with you or tell you you're an asshole? It, you know? I mean, I hope nothing happened with kids or anything. I, I don't think... It, it, it didn't look like it did. I didn't get that impression. I got the impression that it was some fucking stupid girly thing. No offense, I'm sorry, ladies, but that's the impression I got. Because if something big happens, you leave and your boss understands. Okay? You don't come up to the table, tears in your eyes, clearly you're crying. And I understand, well, it was late and we were the last one. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. You come over with a big fucking smile and say, hey, hey, I'm really looking forward to taking your money tonight, guys. What's going on? Oh, sure, this is a great scotch. This is a great cigar. Yeah, get the more expensive one so I can get a better tip. I don't even care if they're doing that. At least if they're doing that, they're into it. They're, they're, they're into their job. Come up crying, acting like you, you know, she was like forgetting to do shit. She didn't cut the cigars. She didn't even ask to cut the cigars. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's it. I don't care what you do for your job. The only way it's okay is if you were somebody that just got out of prison and you you have to get a job to work and live and you're still not really able to just kind of mesh with society yet. You don't get it and stuff and you kind of have a bad... Like that I understand. You know, you're homeless, you've had a rough go at it for a while, and now, like, you're in a thing and you're messing up a little bit. That I understand. But if you're in a place and you're clearly not, don't, don't, you don't cry. Come on. It's like Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in cigar lounges. There's no crying in cigar lounges. Can't be. Because this is a place for, like, relaxing, fun, you know, celebrating, enjoying. That's it. It, it put it this way, if you were at a Vegas pool or or a beach somewhere in a beautiful beach and they had waitress service and they handed you a pina colada and they were crying wiping their face, that ruins that pina colada. That is now the crying pina colada that you feel like is like taking a piece of your soul with every sip because you have no idea what that girl had to do to get it. All right, that's why unacceptable. If you work at a place like that, do not do something like that. Okay. I just feel like everywhere I go lately, people don't want to be working there. My wife and I um, were at one of those wholesale places. Was it BJ's or what's the other one? Yeah, BJ's. One of the wholesale places where, you you know, you buy like fucking 20,000 sausage links for like fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know those places. Uh, By the way, they got clothes at BJ's. I mean, you can't be buying clothes at BJ's, but we go there. The lady checking us out. I'm not even. I'm not even exaggerating. And trying to be funny for the show. I'm being dead serious now. The lady checking us out actually looked at me when I said hello, and she was going to think as if if she could take a knife, if she could take a knife and start stabbing customers that were in there and get away with it, she would. That's how she said hi to me. It was the most. My wife walked out. She's like, wow, she wasn't Mrs. Pleasant, was she? And I'm thinking to myself, listen, and granted, she's right as far as not being happy there. You can't be happy. There's a bunch of fucking animals online. Literally, the size of these fucking mooses and these animals online buying 15 gallons of Heinz ketchup because they're too fucking lazy to go to the supermarket once every week. So they got to buy enough, you know, from now until the apocalypse. And there, these, these these mountains of people are standing online in fucking Wrangler jeans. I get it. I wouldn't want to do that either, okay? Because it's ridiculous to see that. 
These people, like, they're never going to fucking leave the house again with the amount of shit they're buying from a wholesale place. You know, I, it, I just, I don't understand the wholesale thing. I, I, I don't. I mean, unless you have, like, stock, like, I mean, if they were like, look, there's a storm coming and you may be, in, it may, may be three or four feet of snow, go, then I understand people going in, like, but, I mean, where that BJ's was, there's supermarkets and houses. Like, there's not a... You can go on a Wednesday night and pick up the shit you need. Like, I don't understand why you need to buy 75,000 hot dogs, you know, just because you can't... Like, it, it's like, why don't you just go buy 12 or 24 hot dogs, and then when you run out, you go back to the store. You know, like, this, we're in a civilization now. It's 2014. It's very easy to get the shit that you need. You know, you don't need, I, I don't need 79 rolls of toilet paper right now. You know, I'm fine with like 20. And then when that runs out, guess what? I got this thing called a car where you put your key in it and you turn and it has four wheels and it actually drives to places that are open. And there's actually a supermarket in my neighborhood. For you people that don't know what a supermarket is, it's kind of like you buy bread and milk and eggs and, and all kinds of food there. They have everything that you need. So you really don't need to go. So I understand why this woman was upset. But that's your job. That's what you do. You know? Like, I, I don't understand these people that... It's like, first of all, you got a job at BJ's. You're not happy there. But that means you could probably get a job somewhere else. It might not be a great job, but maybe it's a job where you don't have to deal with people. Maybe it's a job where you fold sweaters and you put sweaters on a display at a department store. And then you check out and you go home. Maybe it's working in a fucking warehouse or a beer and soda place where you don't have to be around people and you just fucking tag shit up in a, in a you know, on a, on a fucking pallet. I don't know. But don't make me feel like, fuck you, I hope you get sick when you eat all this shit. And that's exactly what happened. And that's what happened with the, with the lady crying. So that, that's my whole thing. And I, I was really disappointed in it. And uh, whatever. Um... I'll do the fan unacceptables and then I'll get into the, let's do some fan unacceptables now and then I'll get into the, um, something really cool happened for my birthday, so I'll talk about that. And uh, I saw a movie, I want to review that, so got a lot more show, so sit back, relax, episode 85, sponsored by GonzoFame.com, go to GonzoFame.com for your best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. So, this one is from... I'll do. I'll read this one here. I think this is from out of the country. Um, all right, this might be a name fuck up here, but here we go. This is from Philippe Julius Brandstrom. I think I got that right. Philippe Julius Brandstrom. Unacceptable. These people smoking electric cigarettes in an indoor public area. Don't know if you've got the same animals in the states. But in Europe, smoking them in malls and stuff is allowed, or at least not enforced against. So I'm standing in the elevator, and the guy behind me pulls up his electric twig, puffs and blows it right in my face. Seriously disgusting and unacceptable, especially considering the low-life animal might have tuberculosis, Ebola, and God knows what. If you'd shout out my newly started Fancy Friday podcast, I'd be really thankful. Well, you know what? I will shout it out for Philippe. Go to the Fancy Friday podcast. There you go. And I thank you for the unacceptable. And he says, um, 
longtime listener, reckon you've got one of the best and most entertaining monologue podcasts out there. Keep it up. Take care. Well, thank you, Philippe. Thank you so much. Um, as far as the smoking, I'm sorry, guys, the fucking cat. I got the cat in the other room. He's banging on the door like I got a goddamn brontosaurus in there. And it always happens when I'm doing my podcast. I don't know why. You know, I, I mean, you hear this thing? Listen to this. That's a cat. I mean, it sounds like I got. A, it sounds like I have a German Shepherd in there trying to bite through and break down the. Anyway, uh, Philippe. As far as the uh, cigarettes, yeah, we do have. I think you can now. Now you got me questioning if you could smoke inside. I've seen people inside smoke like with the vapor and stuff like that. But um, anyway, whether it's allowed inside or not, if you're in an elevator and somebody takes. An inhale of anything, whether it's dangerous toxins or vapor or whatever, blowing it in your face is unacceptable. That's ridiculous. And they should have the common courtesy, if you're in an elevator, to kind of do it either down into their chest or on the side away from you. Or how about they just wait to take a puff until the elevator door fucking opens like anybody else would. So yes, that is unacceptable. And thank you um, very much for the um, submission. I really appreciate it. Uh, Somebody else said... This was a good one, too. Um, let's see here. Somebody else said that... Who said it? Because it was really funny, and I just want to make sure that I don't... Oh, okay, this is from um, Thomas Michael Malone. Unacceptable. The laziness of the New York Knicks. Don't even get me started. You are 100% right. I watched these assholes lose their sixth straight game tonight to the Orlando Magic. And they had a last shot that they didn't go to Carmelo. It went to J.R. Smith, who just pulled up from two feet behind the three-point line and banked it off of the—it didn't even hit anything. It just it just hit off the backboard, and that was it, and the game was over, and they lost six in a row. Oh, my God. Don't—can they ever—you know what? I'm going to get into that with sports, so I, I will go back to that. But thank you for the submission, uh, Thomas, and you're 100% right. I just—I don't know what it's going to take for them to ever get it, get it right. Um, okay. This one is from uh, A.J. Lesher. And uh, this was on... Yeah, I hope... I I don't think I read this one. Okay. So... I don't think I read this one. If I did, I apologize. But no, A.J. Lesher wrote, Unacceptable. Grocery shopping in Indy this weekend. Um, And the guy... uh, And I'm at the checkout. There is a couple in their 40s in front of me talking about how they are both finally starting to get over being sick of Halloween. Dude coughs, then does the semi-nose wipe with the side with the side of his hand. Then tests his hands uh tests his hands on the top. Oh okay, yeah, you said that there were some typos on this of the gallon of apple cider. After I took the picture of his hand on my jug, I leaned and whispered, you're a fucking animal, right in his ear as I stood in his personal space. He looked at me like I was crazy and didn't take his hand off my cider. So I pretend coughed in my hand and put it on what? I pretend coughed put on my hand and put it on top of his. He quickly moved his hand and said, what the fuck, pal? I just looked at him like nothing was wrong and said unacceptable without losing eye contact until they were done. So let me ask you, is that fair or foul? I love it. I love it. 
I mean, that is that is the Verzi Effect podcast listeners taking shit to another level right there. And then, wait, you sent me a picture. I think you did. You send me a picture. Yeah, hold on. I'm looking at this picture, and then I want to describe it. It looks like, yeah, the picture is right. Uh, the hand is right on the jug of cider. Good for you, AJ. That's great, man. Yeah, you don't wipe. I mean, you don't. And it, and it's almost like the thing about that is, he's like, ah, you know, it's my nose. I don't give a fuck. I'll just put my hand. I don't care. I'm fucking this guy does. It does this guy doesn't matter? Narcissistic, selfish bullshit. I love that you whispered, "You're a fucking animal." And then you said unacceptable and stared at him. That might be one of the best stories of the unacceptables. That's the best. And keep those coming, guys. Like if somebody does something and you're just like, you know, I will, I will shout it out on the podcast. I mean, don't get, don't get stabbed over this shit. You know, I don't want, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to Verzi's podcast. I call some guy an animal, and you know, I'm, I'm in a hospital. But I'm just saying. But if something is like blatantly wrong, just, you know, my father did something years ago. That I found really funny and I think about it sometimes and it was so my dad and it was just so funny um, but we were coming out of like either a pizzeria or an ice cream place we were in we were in Yonkers and I was visiting with my dad and we get we start walking into the car and there's just this woman staring at my father she's just staring at him like locked in on him just staring it wasn't like just a look like she just kept looking at him like for a while while he was walking and my dad's just looking, and my dad just goes, do I owe you money? And she's like, what? And he goes, I'm just curious, do I owe you money? And she goes, no. And he goes, oh, because the last person that stared at me like that, I owed them money. And it totally just made her just stop and turn away. It was actually fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, I love stories like that because it really lets people, you know, puts them in their place, especially if it makes you uncomfortable. This guy's wiping snot on his fucking thing and then putting it on your putting it on your drink. 100%. Great job. I love that. Let's get into some tweets now. Um, let's get into some more unacceptables. There the cats go again. Cats love doing it, don't they? All right. Um... All right, this is from Richard Moore. And Richard Moore says, At Paul Verzi, riding the streetcar home from work, guy in the back, I don't know what the streetcar home, I don't know what that is, but I, I, I'm sure I'll get it. Guy in the back just shot a snot rocket onto the floor. Complete animal yuck. Wow. <laughs> this is funny. My nose is stuffed. AJ just gave that one, and now this is a snot rocket one. I hope this theme goes away. Um, thank you for the submission. Oh, I'm sorry, I got to do a Twitter feed. That Twitter feed that was from Richard Moore at Big Rich Eleven is the Twitter uh, is a Twitter feed there. So uh, that's disgusting. What are people doing? Um, all right, this is from yeah, this is another one. Sick. This is from Jason Simmons at Jason Simmons, and that's uh, I'm sorry at Jason Simmons thirty, and that's Simmons with two M's. ONS30. At Paul Verzi, my unacceptable for the week is the dirty bitch that's coughing on a public transport next to me without covering her mouth. Um, oh, thank you, Jason. Uh, you said that you've been listening to the podcast for a couple of weeks after Bill Burr recommended to keep up the good work. Thank you very much. And I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to have you aboard. This one is from, let's see. 
Josh Sellers at Joshua D. Sellers at Paul Verzi. It's a stretch, but I'm going after the fucking animals that leave the microwave timer with four seconds on the clock. Unacceptable. Hey, listen, nothing is a stretch if you find it unacceptable. You know, some people may be like, wow, this guy's a stickler. That's a little too much. But hey, if you find something unacceptable, it's unacceptable. I may not go, wow, that's really, but hey, you know, it bothered you enough. You probably just saw that guy doing it so many times. He just had it. This one is from Nate Lee. And uh, I don't know if Nate Lee's done this one on the show before. So here we go. Uh, and Nate's Twitter feed is at 4by4.com. And that's F-O-R-B-Y-F-O-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. At 4by4.com. Uh, it says, at Paul Verzi, saw this on a post-it on the light signal box in New York City. What a self-centered cunt, unacceptable. And apparently, this woman took out a page. It looks like she either made, it says, today is my birthday. And it's a, just a giant picture of her on like this big, what looks like to be like a, like a, a newspaper page. So I don't know if she took out an ad that big or if, but that's hilarious. That she's like, I mean, that, that not only is that self-centered, that's like insecure as hell. To be like, yeah, my birthday, I'm going to either make up and just start p- putting it out in the city on, on lights, on street lights. Uh, thank you for the <laughs> submission. Here we go. This one is from Justin Pittman at Justin T. Pittman at Paul Verzi. Got an attitude from U-Haul people when I asked... For a refund for the $30 dolly that they forgot to put in the truck. Hashtag unacceptable. That is unacceptable. And, you know, um, this is making me think of something I don't know if I should talk about on the podcast. But I might have to. Um, Wow, I'm going to try to see if I can get around it without... Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be able to talk about it on the podcast. But I'm going to have to talk in code so you guys can... Actually, no, it's, it's not, I'm not going to have to talk in code because I don't have to mention any names, but uh, I'll get back to the unacceptables. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. That was a straight up um, comedian ADD thing that I just did there. But Justin, thank you. Uh, yeah, you should you should totally ask for the $30 back. And if they give an attitude, just sit there with a smile on your face and say, yeah, give me my fucking $30 back because I paid for something that I clearly didn't get. I love how people get upset when you call them out on their shit. And that's exactly what I'm about to bring up after I'm done with the unacceptables. Because there is something that I, I that that really needs to be said and I'm gonna and I and I mean this and I hopefully it's gonna help you guys. I'm actually glad Justin you wrote that one because th- there's gonna be a, a chunk of this show that uh, is something that needs to be said that I that I find um it's been touching me a lot this week and it's something that I'm feeling and I, I wanna get it out there. So um but thank you. I'm gonna keep going through these And then I'll get back to that. This one is from Alfred E. Newman. And Alfred at at B-A-D, what is it? Bad E-M-J. All right. I'm just going to fucking spell it. B At B-A-D-E-M-J-A-N-1-1-1. Badamjan? I don't fucking know. At Paul Verzi. Guy that drops their pants to their ankles to stand and take a piss (laughs) at... uh, at the trough at work. What the fuck? Use your zipper. Unacceptable. I saw that before with foreign exchange students from Germany in high school. They had their pants down to their ankles and they were standing far back from a urinal. I don't think they knew what they were doing. Um, but thank you for the submission. This one is from Riley 
uh, Ramirez at RTR51 at Paul Verzi. When the guy sitting inches away from me in a lecture blows his nose, yep, always catches the same theme, blows his nose, our elbows touched at one point, hashtag savage, hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, people just don't care, man. Animals. Um, okay, let's see. This is from Dan. Oh, this one, this is a regular on the show. Dan at uh, Nailer underscore designs. At Paul Verzi, fat slobs who fill their gas tanks up and leave their car at the pump while they buy Slim Jims and play Lotto. Unacceptable. <laughs> I could see how that, I could see how that's annoying. If it really is Slim Jims, that's great. Okay. Uh, this one was pretty funny. This is from uh, TJ Hernandez. And TJ Hernandez says, At Paul Verzi, trying to eat my apple with chunky almond butter while listening to your unacceptable was unacceptable. That's when I was talking about the shit in that guy's head last week. So, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, yes, and by the way, guys, thank you for the birthday wishes uh, this week on Twitter. I got some birthday wishes, and I really appreciate that. Um, let's see here. Okay, this is uh, Jeremy Peddleton. At wow, this this guy's t- Twitter feed is at Verzi underscore verse underscore bottle. All right, <laughs> at Rite Aid went through a tub of fingernail clippers. The first two had people cut finger uh cut nails hanging inside. They cost a dollar. Unacceptable. That is unacceptable. That is awful. These fuck these animals. These pigs are walking into Rite Aid, and not only are they looking at just picking up, but first of all, if you're gonna pick it up, buy it. What does it cost? Not only are you look, what do you have to look at? We've seen nail clippers our whole lives. We know what they look like. I just look for the size. You know, you need certain size. You need one that's like strong. It's you know whatever. And you're like, okay, that's the one I need. I could travel with that one. I could bring that one home. And that's it. The fact that these animals are clipping their nails in the place so they don't have to buy them, that's the cheapest, most nastiest shit in the world. That is unacceptable. Thank you for the um, for the um, submission. Here we go. Jose Reos, or Rios, at family underscore stars 22. Don't get sleep last night because my neighbors were blasting music. Um... They are every bit of 50 with Cheetos fingers. Unacceptable. Uh, hashtag unacceptable at Paul Verzi. Um, wow. They, they sound like they party and... I mean, did you call the cops on them? I don't know if you called the cops on them, but I mean... Here's what I'd say. It's unacceptable if it's a common thing, but like if they're 50-year-olds that just had one party and kept you up all night, ah, maybe let it slide. If it happens again... You know, send another one, and then we'll fucking really say that's unacceptable. But for one, you got to give them a pass. You know, a couple of 50-year-olds having a party with Cheetos, man. Shit's probably not going for well for them anyways. Okay. Uh, this one is from Max Power at Survived by Rats. At Paul Verzi, dude at poker table stood up at the end of each hand he won and shouted, Another victory for the great Bill. Tremble. <laughs> unacceptable. That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. I would have been like, dude, we get it, man. Stop. Like, we're, you know, 
You're not being filmed right now. Nobody cares. All right, let's see here if we got got some more here. Um, or is that it? Okay, this is from Matt Sloot. At Matt Sloot. That's M-A-T-T-S-L-O-O-T. At Paul Verzi. Hashtag unacceptable. Chubby personal trainers. <laughs> Chubby personal trainers. The client shouldn't have to get, get the coach some water and a towel. <laughs> ah, that might be the one of the show. That's really funny. The client shouldn't have to get the coach some water and a towel. That's great. That is great. I love it. Uh, thank you so much, Matt. All right. Um, could you imagine that? Be like, yeah, dude, you need a towel, man. You all right? You all right? Let me let me get you. No, no, just, just do like 10 more. Hold on a second. I might puke. You do 10 more. I'm going to go puke. Okay. Um, this one is from Dave Gavry. Dave Gavry over at gonzofame.com. Not, he, this guy, not only is he my sponsor, he listens to the show. Funny young comic, Dave Gavry says, Come on, Bears. How is the NFL? How is an NFL team down forty-two nothing at halftime? Unacceptable at Paul Verde. You're absolutely right. But you know what? I don't have sympathy for you, David. You know why? Because the Giants suck. My Knicks suck. The Yankees sucked. And you know what? The Bears. You know the Bears just. I don't know. The Bears are one of those teams that just could never get their shit together. You know they got a good quarter. They just could never get their shit together. Um, is that it? That might be it. Oh, this one's great. This is from Jordan Lyles, and it's at Tree in 303 at Paul Verzi. Unacceptable. Automatic faucets that give you four seconds of water. I love that one. I'm actually favoring that right now. That is so true. It's just so ridiculous. And what about when you're waving your hand and it doesn't work, and then when it does work, you think it's going good, and then it's a shit show. So um, that was that. Uh, this one is from Squeaky, and uh, Squeaky's Twitter feed is at Dougie Fez. At Paul Verzi, public urination, hashtag animals, hashtag unacceptable. I got arrested for public urination in college, but I was I was blackout drunk. They told me not to do it. I pulled my dick out behind a car, pissed, and got thrown in jail for seven hours. Um, Patrick Dwyer, at L, uh, at L Dwyer. E.L. Dwyer, 34, at Paul Verzi, the quality of kicking in college football, unacceptable. Um, all right. Thanks for the submission. Uh, okay, this is from Jim McMenamin. Everybody knows Jim is the notorious last name from this show. He's a notorious last name uh, Twitter submitter. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it sounded cool and fucking douchey all at the same time. Pepsi is... Oh, I'm sorry. It's at Jim underscore McMenamin. Pepsi is testing Dorito-flavored Mountain Dew, which means the end is near. <laughs> Hashtag unacceptable. Um, am I doing too many of these? I feel like... Sometimes I feel like I don't know if I'm doing too many of them. I'll do a few more. I think we're, they're almost done anyway. Uh, this one is from Patrick. And it's at Patrick of DeBorough at Paul Verzi. It is unacceptable that you're not getting paid by Diet Coke with all the product placement in the last TVE. Hashtag unacceptable. I know, man. I got like Snapple iced tea that I talk about. 
I'm right now I'm drinking Canada Dry um, ginger ale. I you know I do I do talk about some shit like that. I should get something. Um, okay, is that it? Are we close? I think that's it. Um, yes, that's it. We're done with the unacceptables, and I want to thank everybody for their submissions. And um, that's it, man. I had a great uh, great time reading them. You guys are hilarious. The one about the um, the personal trainer from I think Matt Sloot that was hilarious. But all of the all of them guys were great. And um, keep sending them. I'll read yours out if you guys got you know good stories too. That's the other thing. If you um, if you have any kind of story or crazy story, you know, and you know you wanted me to read about it or it's funny or crazy or whatever, just send it to me and I'll definitely read it. So I have no problem with that. Um, oh wait, let me see. I might have a couple more here. Um, okay, yes, I do. I'm sorry. This is from Kevin Martin. Sorry, Kevin. You were probably like, man, fuck this guy. I wrote two of them. Now he doesn't. Re- he reads every one, but mine. And fuck the Verzi effect. All right, here we go. This is from Kevin at Paul Verzi. I'm at Macy's. I told the door. I hold the door for the lady and her kid. I get no thank you. Uh, second set. She waits for me to open it. Unacceptable. At Paul Verzi, I get, after I get denied a thank you, she snaps at her kid, stares at me until I walk in front of her to get the door. Unacceptable. What a cunt. Um, that is awful. That is awful. Uh, yeah, and a lot of you guys were talking to me. Nick A. at Rumble Foreskin 7 says a guy is going to let an anaconda swallow him whole on a, on a shitty reality show. Yeah, I know. I saw that, which is crazy. The guy's going to be in a suit, and apparently they're going to do it in a way that um, they're going to do... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll get back to the snake thing in a second. This is from Sean. Sean at Sean Straz. That's Sean and then S-T-R-A-S. At Pulver's unacceptable government worker wearing toe shoes at a professional meeting. No one needs to see that unacceptable. Uh, okay. Thank you, guys. That is it. That is it. I just... That was the last one. As far as the snake thing, yeah, this guy... Is going, um, I guess it's going to air in December, I think. Or I don't know if it aired. I think this is going to air the first week of December, but this guy is in like this insane suit. It almost looks like some kind of like scuba type suit. And no tank, obviously, obviously. But he's in something where I think he's going to be breathing through something. And it does look like his head and face are like really deep protected in some like hard coated thing. But apparently the anaconda swallowed him whole. And then they're able to get him out with him and the anaconda both living. And it's going to be on, on TV. So um, I, I, I think I want to watch like the short version on YouTube when somebody does that. But I'm not going to watch this thing just... I'm not going to just watch this thing, you know, swallow this guy. Because that will give me fucking nightmares forever. But uh, so anyway, thank you guys. Those are the unacceptables. Um, here's what I wanted to talk about. I got two two things to talk about here, and then we'll get into the uh, movie review. Actually, th- this is, timing is perfect right now, so hope you guys are enjoying it. This is episode 185, Verzi Effect podcast. Let me sip my, my ginger ale, and I'm getting right back. All right. Now, somebody I know, somebody I know was taken advantage of. She um, is one of the hardest workers that I've ever known. This is 100% true, guys. This is not, 
Obviously, it's true. I'm not going to fucking make this up. But, and this may this may really hit home. This may hit really hit home with you, but it's um, it's uh, you know, it's something that everybody should think about, and it's something that I think is really important in in life to understand, like you know, your worth and and how people treat you. So, somebody I know that's uh, very close to me, and she's one of the hardest worker. And I would say to her things like, why do you work so hard or why do you care so much at that, you know, at that job? Why do you care? You know, like you're getting paid good money. Just go and do it. And, you know, if it's a bad day, whatever, you're getting paid good. Just go and do it. You know it like the back of your hand. And she'd be like, no, no, it needs to be done right. And that's why. And she got promoted. She was there for like so many years, 11 years. And uh, the bosses put together some plan some money structure plan that was going to make her money potentially go down like 30000 And this was like the hardest worker, the best worker. Um, the place could fall apart without somebody like this or, or, or at least struggle really hard without somebody like this. And I would talk about it with her and, you know, I would just, just hear like all these horrible things about like how it was stressful and losing money and you know, even though she's making great money anyway, to lose that and like, you know, the company didn't care and the company actually was upset that she said anything about it. And um, she was like, yeah, you know what, Paul, I think I'm just going to put my, you know, I think I'm just going to maybe have to entertain something else. And she knew that these people that she was loyal to for 11 years, um, she'd do anything. She Like they could trust her with the company. She would travel. She'd do anything. They just took advantage, and they knew, and they thought she was stuck and wouldn't go anywhere. And, you know, she had children, and she just, you know, it was just, it was like her comfort zone, and they were fucking her over. And um, it was really sad and, and, and everything. So, I, you know, just like one of those things we hear, and you'd be like, oh, I wonder if, you know, she'd really leave. And what happened was... Somebody gave somebody contacted her and was like, you know, you, you know, your resume is amazing, and you know, we'd love for you to work here. And they're working out the numbers and stuff. And nobody ever thought she would leave. And all the bosses there were just kind of like, well, she's gonna take it and like it, and you know, just 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 being taken for granted. And one of the greatest things recently happened where it was one of the greatest stories I heard in corporate America. It really was. And I know the hard work that this person put into this all the time. So, um, and again, I can, I'm obviously not going to mention names. I'm obviously not going to mention companies. But, and it's so obvious if I said a company, it would be so obvious that because because this person is it really, really is, is a, is a huge, huge backbone of this thing. And she went and she said, um, I'm sorry, but I can't do this. And I mean, these people knew she was upset. I mean, she would cry about the money she was losing. And um, they would just be like, ah, whatever. And it was almost like they were like, not happy to tell her what she was losing, but oh, here's your paycheck again. Sorry, it's not as good. Sorry. And just let her deal with it and let her deal with it. And so she went, listen to how great this is. She gets an offer from another company. It's a better, better like commute for her. It's just everything is better for her. Uh, money is pretty similar, but there's a whole upside. She could build a whole thing like she built already. So she goes to her employer, and she says, she says, um, 
I'm sorry, but I'm going to be leaving. And they were stunned and floored. Could not believe it. And she's, she's like, yeah, I'm leaving. And they were like, well, why? Are you sure? Like, they didn't even know what to fucking do. Okay? And it was the greatest thing because they were like, well, well can we, could you just give us till Monday? And then they go back to her on Monday. And they were like, well, we'll do a counter offer maybe to try to make it a little better, this and that. And I'm just thinking, like, where the fuck were you when this person was working for you that hard, doing so much, putting the fucking hours in? Crying going home because you're going to let an employee lose almost fuck whatever it was, tens of thousands of dollars. You were going to let that happen to this employee who's incredible, who, who, who cared, who cared. You ever talk to a friend about their job and you would just be like, why do you fucking give it? Just go get your, you know what I mean? That's coming from a comedian or whatever. And they, so they come back with a counter offer. And like, yeah, well, we think we could maybe do this and stuff. The, the head of the company didn't even call. And so then the new company found out that she got a counteroffer from her current company. And the new company, I guess, was really nice and understanding and said, like, good luck and was really great. And the company that she gave loyalty to and spent 11 years building up, building up, have people working under her and everything. Just kind of, and even when they came with the counteract, you know, from what I was told, it was very, like, as a matter of fact and not like, oh, we, and she just said, no. Nah. She goes, no, I'm sorry, I decline. And like, I heard that like, you know, it's going to definitely be a ripple in the company. And you know something? Some people are just too greedy and some people are just too fucking stupid to understand what they have. And they don't get it. Where the fuck were you when you saw this person working like that? You didn't open your mouth. Nobody opened their fucking mouths, did they? They didn't. They didn't care. You know, and then all of a sudden somebody comes back and goes, you know what? Fuck you. That is justice, people. That is the greatest thing. That is the best thing that can happen. You know, you want people could call me spiteful and people could call me. No, I'm not that. I'm not spiteful. I don't think I'm spiteful. I think I'm a fucking good dude who likes to fucking get revenge and justice on people who deserve it. That's all. That's all. But it's one of the greatest things. So, like, if you know somebody at a job or you know somebody that you're close with that um, is going through something, let them know they're not stuck. Go out there and show another company why you were at that company for so long or why you did so well and that you could do it again and show those other people, fuck you. It's the best thing to do. I love knowing the fact that people who are greedy or naive or take people for granted get fucked and then they have to scramble and figure out what to do because of their mistake when they treated somebody like shit and then that other person does well and has other opportunities. Fucking morons. Oh, oh my God. It's one of those, t it's one of those things where I wish I can like, I wish I could do something, you know, you ever wish you could say something like you ever wish you could say something like you bump into, like you bump into the people that was putting her in that situation and you're just like, yeah, man, well, you know, listen, you guys just, I mean, if you guys just sit back and watch somebody lose money and work like a dog like that and just take it for granted and then you come and counter, it's really kind of shitty, man. This place deserves to lose somebody like that and just say it right to, I would love to say that to the top, to the top and just stare at them and go, yeah, what are you going to do, man? You guys fucked up. I mean, that's what, yeah, you know what? You're lost. I, I fucking, I love that. That is justice. And you know why? The real reason why she got that she got that justice is because it's her hard work paying off. It's the same as, you know, it's the same as I remember when I was doing sales 
and I would knock doors. And I knocked doors at night in Queens selling phone, cable, internet. I was, you know, 21, 22 years old, you know, just trying to do comedy or run in. I was doing bringer shows and open mics and whatever. And I was just a sales guy, but I was making really good money for a kid, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old. I was doing really well. And um, I would remember everybody would go home and I would just stay out and knock like a 10, you know, an extra 10, 15 doors and good shit would happen. Always good shit would happen when you do that. And it's like in, in comedy, you know. You drive out far to break even. Drive out far to lose money. But you know what? You're going to be on stage Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, maybe one Sunday to either break even or lose a little money, but in front of packed crowds and you leave and you're a fucking road comic who's getting better. And the asshole who's staying home, not doing it, going, well, you know, gas money and they don't fucking care. They probably won't even have me back. Why am I going to lose money? Let that asshole say that. Okay? Let him say it. Because that person's never getting what's coming to them because they're not hungry enough. They don't want it enough. So, and, and I know this is getting serious and not like, the, you know, not the funniest part of the show. I don't care. Sometimes I just talk on the show, whatever. You know, rewind or fast forward. I'm just, I'm just talking. This is a real story. And this is something that happens a lot in, in the world, not just our country, in the world. But when justice happens, those few times where the hard fucking work and when, when the mistreated get what they have coming to them and the people that did the harm and the mistreated get what's coming to them, there's nothing better. There's nothing better, you know? It, it's, like, it's like you wanted a show or you wanted to do a gig one time as a stand-up and you wanted to do it, you wanted to do it, and you finally get it. And, you know, I remember not too long ago, I was in Los Angeles and... Um, so I was on the improv show in Los Angeles on a Friday night. There were a lot of big comics on there. And they kind of just treated me like, oh, this New York guy is going on stage and, you know, whatever. And then I went on stage and I fucking destroyed. And they treated me afterwards like they were so happy I did it. And they, like, tweeted only three people out of the ten that were on the show. And I was one of them. Oh, thanks to so-and-so for coming out. And it's like, yeah, they didn't fucking know me or want me, but I fucking did it. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like just your actions will speak for you. And nobody could deny it. It all goes back to just doing undeniable shit. So I'm so fucking thrilled for this individual that was like, when I found out what happened, I just was so happy. I was like, oh my God. Could you imagine being treated like shit, being taken for granted, those people not caring, thinking you're stuck, and then you just blindside them going, yeah, I got a better job. I got, I, got I got another job for the, for the similar type of money. And they're just stunned and they don't know what to do. And then they give a counter offer and you go, nah, nah, should have done it. You should have done it before. You should have done the right thing. Go fuck yourself. How about that? Go fuck yourself. You should have done the right thing. I love it. I love it. I know some of you guys are going, wow, fucking Verzi, spiteful. No, it's not. It's just, it's just, you know. I have that thing where if like you hurt me, if you hurt me on a scale of one to ten, you know, at like a three, I want your fucking family soul at like a 37. I'm just, I'm just, it is who I am. I'm sorry. It's just, it's a, you know, it's a shortcoming. Well, maybe not your family soul, but I want to fucking crush you. All right. Let's get, let's get to positive. Let's get back to the funny. That was a serious part of the show. Okay. Don't judge me. The Verzi effect is for everything and it's for everyone. I want to talk about some serious shit. I want to talk about that be funny if somebody just wrote me a long letter like crying 
going, I told my boss to go fuck himself yesterday, and I have no job, and he <laughs> just ruined somebody's job. Um, I had a birthday, everybody. I had a birthday on Tuesday. Uh, my birthday was yesterday, and uh, my, my wife did something really nice, uh, and she was coordinating with Giannis Pappas for a couple of weeks, unbeknownst to me. So uh, I guess Monday night, um, I went out, I dropped the kids off to my mom's, and um, it was, Stacy lost her grandmother, rest her soul, and she was off for, for bereavement and stuff, and uh, the next day was my birthday, Veterans Day, so people have off, and um, I dropped the kids off to my mother's, and Stacy just coordinated, you know, all that stuff, and I come home Monday night around 7.30 to a surprise party. And there's a bunch of comedians, my manager, you know, and it was just amazing. So, I mean, it was so cool because I pull up and I did see like my brother's car and I was just like, I wonder what's going on because people, the day of, people were quiet and I just didn't know if I was going to go to the movies or do something or like hang with my siblings or whatever. And um, I open the door and I see my sister and then my wife and all of a sudden I hear, hey, yeah, and everybody starts clapping and it was like Giannis Pappas and um, who did I see? My buddy Chris Lamberth and uh, Bobby Kelly, um, Dave Kimowitz, Chris Italia, my managers, um, Joe uh, Bartnick, just, you know, all my siblings were here, uh, my two brothers, my sister, my wife, um, Giannis's girl Brittany was uh it was just such a nice like the spread people were going nuts for my wife's food she just cooked she crushed it everything was just such so great um the funny thing was people just kept giving me bottles of scotch and whiskey and cigars so but it was awesome man we stayed up at the house and it was so cool to see like these comedians from the city up in my house uh in the country and we made a fire outside and we just drank and smoked all night we hung out all night some people stayed over and um it was really nice so thanks to Giannis and my wife for putting it together but um really really awesome for comedians and stuff to you know probably not do spots on a Monday night to be up here with me was uh was amazing and I had a great birthday so thank you and thank you all all you guys for the birthday wishes and everything it was really nice to um have that. I've never really had like a kind of like that before, like a, a surprise thing when people are planning something for me and me not really know about it uh, before. So that was awesome. And, um, you know, it's, there's something weird about it where you feel like, wow, I guess these people do give a shit. Like if it's planned and you know it, you're like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to have a little thing. But when people like kind of, it's, it's almost like going the extra little thing. So it felt pretty good. And um, so did the booze. I'm not going to lie. I smoked, um, my buddy Chris Lamberth brought me a bottle of, um, bourbon and he, he bought me this, um, he bought me a nice stick. He bought me a nice Cohiba and I smoked it that night and it was great. And there was no fucking waitress crying when I smoked it, but that was awesome. And, um, I appreciate it. So thank you guys for doing that. And, uh, my wife's food and she just went above and beyond. She made a red sauce. So she made a red meat sauce that Bobby Kelly was biting and he goes, Listen, dude, my wife makes the greatest red sauce. This is the greatest meat sauce I've ever had. And, um, yeah, it was everybody was just raving about the food. And my wife had the, 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 the forward thinking to buy a, a three-foot sub. 
And and usually people are like, ah, oh, three-foot sub is just not great. It was the best three-foot sub. We were going nuts about it. The bread was soft. It was soft Italian bread on this three-foot thing. It was incredible. And the eating display that went on. I'm not going to lie, because me and Giannis were laughing about it. We had some fucking big boys here. Joe Bartnick's like 6'4", 260. So, oh, Steve, shout out to Steve Martin. Steve Martin came to the to the thing, and uh, Steve's a newer comic. Always hangs out at the stand, smokes sticks with me. He came up, he drove his van up. He's six four, probably two something. You know, Bobby Kelly's not a little guy. Fucking, you know, Chris Lamberth was was there eating shit. My, you know, me and Giannis were throwing down. My brothers came and they were throwing down. I mean, everybody. This was an eating display, and um, it. I was like, there's no way this spread that is here is going to be eaten. It was almost all done that night. Incredible. I'm going to get into a little bit of sports now. Okay, I'm going to go off on a little rant here. So if you like the Knicks, I'm sorry. I love the Knicks. The Knicks The Knicks are my... I literally just texted this to Bill Burr. And he, had, and he called me and goes, are you all right? I literally just texted this to Bill Burr. In all caps, the fucking Knicks, every fucking time, what's it going to take? Iman Shumpert is the best player on the team. We can't even beat these awful fucking teams. About to lose six straight. What the fuck? Every year, every fucking year, Bill. I cannot take this shit again. Okay? The Knicks have a lot of talent. You are playing the Orlando Magic in your building after five losses. Okay? After five losses. And you can't you can't win? In the, you can't beat the Orlando Magic. You have so much more talent. They're a terrible basketball team. And they're going to come into the Garden and win. And you lose six straight. You suck. And Phil Jackson's talking, Oh, I like the way we're playing. Oh, we're coming out. You're not fucking doing anything. You're not doing anything. Iman Shumpert fouled out. Melo was playing with five fouls. We lose by two points at the Garden to the Orlando Magic. Come on. No, I like the way we're fucking... No, we're not. You're not doing shit. J.R. Smith took an awful shot that bounced off the backboard. To win a game, he didn't even hit the fucking rim on a three-point shot that would have won the game. It's a disgrace. It is. It's an absolute disgrace. The Knicks suck. The Knicks suck. And then they're like, no, we're gonna. We're th- they're thinking about getting rid of. They're thinking about getting rid of Iman Shumpert, who's the heart and soul of the team, as far as I'm concerned. He does way more. He's got way more heart. He plays with way more heart than fucking Melo. You know, Melo's like, ah, I'm going to smoke after. I don't give a fuck. Let me get my 30 points and get out of here. Iman Shumpert actually plays defense and does something. They're thinking about getting rid of Iman Shumpert. And J.R. Smith, who I hope they pack J.R. Smith. I don't care. He, he, they, he, they could send him to fucking a Hawaii team. I don't want to see him anymore. But they want to get rid of Iman Shumpert and J.R. Smith for Kobe Bryant, a 38-year-old Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's going to work. Him and Melo, that's going to work out together. Give me a break. I mean, would I like to see Kobe in a thing? Yeah, but not for Iman Shumpert. The Knicks suck. The Giants suck. The Giants I could deal with, though, because the Giants just aren't good. People are like, I don't get it. What's going on? They got a fucking Hall of Fame coach. They got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They don't have the personnel. They suck. How come that's never good? They don't have the personnel. They're not good enough. They're not good enough. You know, a fifth grader can't fight a tenth grader and win. It can't happen. You want to know why? Because he's just smaller and weaker. That's what the Giants are in the NFL. Why is that so hard for people to believe? They don't have the personnel. That's what it is. They're not good enough. He's fucking, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I mean, do we got to bench Eli? Maybe we got to bench Eli. I don't fucking, no. No, you fat, dumb asshole. Put the beard down and open your eyes. You don't have to sit a guy. You don't have people. You have rookie running backs. You have a rookie. You have People are hurt. We suck. 
But the the Knicks, man, come on. There's the Orlando Magic at the Garden. You're going to lose six straight to them? They suck. Fucking, they got white guys running around. You got white guys running around the Garden beating you. It's embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing, man. The only fucking white guys that should be playing at Madison Square Garden is Billy Joel and Elton John. See these fucking Luke Ridnow and all these fucking guys jump. It's just, it's insane. You Knicks. I just, can can I be home one day? Can I sit down home one day when I'm not schlepping my ass to the city doing stand-up? When I'm home, my family's in bed sleeping. I'm up relaxing, just watching the Knicks. Can they just fucking win once a, a good performance? I gotta watch them lose to the Orlando Magic? Holy shit, it's embarrassing. It really is, it's embarrassing. You couldn't name three Orlando Magic right now. Name three of them. Think about three three starters right now, their names. Pronounce, the, pronounce, uh, pronounce their names uh, first and last, three of them on the map. You can't do it. You couldn't do it with a gun to your head and fucking million dollars in front of your face. You couldn't do it. And they're winning in, in Madison Square Garden. Fucking believable. Well, you know, they're getting the offense. They're 2-7. They're 2-7. and seven. They're two and seven. They suck. I hope somebody, I hope somebody who knows somebody, some, just I want one of the Knicks, I want somebody to hear this fucking podcast from a diehard fan who loves to watch the Knicks win and it's just never going to fucking happen. I mean, I'm stunned. I can't even believe what I'm watching. Even the announcer was stunned. Al Troutwick looked like he was going to puke at the end of this game when he was when he was covering. He was, even before he was like, "Well, this is a good way to get on a winning streak." You know, you got a bad team coming to the Garden. Nick should get on track with this. And then afterwards, he looked like they just fucking took his dog out in the street and shot his dog to death in front of him, and then said, "All right, here, Al, here's a microphone. Go talk to people." That's what it looked like, and it should have looked like that. All right, I gotta I gotta move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, the Giants suck too. What are you gonna do? All right, I saw the movie Nightcrawler, everybody. Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. My older brother referred it to me, said it was a, you know, that, that I really liked the movie. Um, me and my wife went to the movie, and I'll say this. Jake Gyllenhaal's performance of a sociopath and a, um, you know, just a obsessed, you know, scumbag will do anything he needs to do hurt anybody he needs to hurt to get to the top or to get what he wants. Um, That is, he did an amazing job, and that's what the movie is. As far as a great script, as far as a great movie, I can't say that it was. And my wife agreed, nothing really moved me in the movie. You know, so I'll say this, like, I mean, I do get feedback from you guys about movies. Maybe you guys have disagreed sometimes, but this is what I'll say. If you've liked, excuse me. If you've liked my movie reviews before, I'll, I'll say this. And you guys know I'm a Gyllenhaal guy. I think Jake Gyllenhaal, like I said, he's, he's you know, it's hard for a guy to root for a guy like that because, you know, he's like one of these, like, you know, good-looking, good heartthrob guys. I said it's like Jeter, you know. It's like Jeter was great. No matter how you slice it, he's great. But, you know, you're not going to wear a Jeter jersey. This guy Gyllenhaal, man, he was great in Zodiac, Prisoners, all this stuff. Nightcrawler, he was great in. He's just a great actor. But the thing is... 
Um, there's there's nothing there's no scene in this movie where you're like I mean, there was a couple where you were kind of like oh this will be interesting but nothing where you're like oh shit you know like where you're like what you know I was more focused on his performance and stuff but I gotta tell you I don't it wasn't an award winning performance either I I thought the movie fell short my my wife thought it was a good movie I would say that it was one to ten I give it a seven and a half. You know, for me to say, like, really good needs to be an 8. For me to say great needs to be a 9. And for me to say, you know, amazing or incredible, obviously, has got to be like a 9.5, a, a 10. A 10 is rare. You know, 10 has got to be... 10's got to be an amazing story, a, an award-winning performance. Like, the whole thing, you know, is a 10. Like, Departed with DiCaprio, that, that's insane. You know, movies like that. But no, this was just a... It was a... I felt like it was a fall short thriller with a really good acting performance. That's what I thought it was. Nothing crazy. I guess I would say you waited for something to happen. You waited for the over-the-top thing to get you satisfied, and you're not. You know, it's like you go to a restaurant, you heard it's great. You eat the meal, and you leave, and you're like, that was okay, but I needed one more thing. I don't know what that one more thing was. I just didn't get the whole thing, but it was it was still good. That's what, that's what Nightcrawler was. Um... I would not pay to see it again. I would maybe a movie I might enjoy the performance more on DVD later, but that's how I feel about that. So that's my honest opinion on that movie. And that's it, guys. We are about an hour and 13 minutes in, and this is episode 185, Versi Effect Podcast. This one was up and down. This one had serious moments. Then this one had some rants. This one had some funny stuff. So uh, this 185 is all over the map. So, But hopefully that's a good thing. Hopefully like, uh, you know, unlike Nightcrawler, you got everything with this one. You got your appetizer, you know, you got your salad, you got the steak, you know, a little dessert, everything like that. You leave going, you know what, I got it. I got a, I got a good Versi effect in. Tomorrow, guys, in a few hours, I'm going to the airport and I'm going to Miami. And I'm going to the Dolphins-Bills game. I'm going to be performing at the Improv. And I'm going to the Florida State Seminoles-Miami Hurricanes game in Miami. It's something we've been planning for a long time. Me, Bill Burr, Willis, uh, Whalen. Just, it's just going to be an absolute amazing time uh, staying down there. Um, we're staying in a fucking mansion on the water. And uh, hopefully by uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to be in a hot tub with a Cuban. In, in, uh, with a Cuban. Uh, smoking a Cuban. That sounded weird. Hopefully tomorrow by 3 o'clock I'm going to be in the hot tub with a Cuban. No, with a Cuban cigar and a beer in my hand. So, um, you know, December is a slow month right now. I'm waiting for dates for December. So uh, I'm doing actually um, former porn star turned, former porn star turned comedian Aaliyah Janine is um, doing stand-up now, and I talked to a really cool, really smart woman, she's doing stand-up now, and she runs a room at the uh, the Cutting Room, famous Cutting Room in New York City, and I'll be on that show with uh, some really good comics on December 3rd, so that's a, that's one you could check out in New York City, uh, December 3rd, the Cutting Room, Aaliyah Janine's room, uh, check her out, she's a sweetheart, and um, some of you may know her, <laughs> but uh, she's really cool. So check her out, and and I'll be there. And then my other dates in December are going to be coming soon, and I will put that on the um, you know, the site. I got a lot of things off my plate towards the end of this year, so we're going to check, make sure the album uh, recording is still a go, and um, some TV stuff was submitted. So we'll see what happens with that. 
So we're going to wind down doing some local shows. So the last trip is uh, me and Burr at the uh, Improv in West Palm Beach, which is obviously both sold out already. So, um, yeah, I'll be around. I'll be at Stand Up New York. I'll be at The Stand. All those dates are already on my website. Uh, might be doing something at um, Gotham or Levity uh, 2 in December. So check that out, paulverzi.com. Also go to the, uh, my Twitter account, and it is at paulverzi, and that is V-I-R. Z-I. Leave the comments. There's more comments. We're almost at 100 comments on iTunes, which is a goal. So uh, I think there's like almost 90. So guys, if you love the show, if you're new to the show, if you haven't written a review, it takes like a minute or two. Um, The podcast is part of the All Things Comedy Network now, which is amazing. And some of these rants are actually going to be on YouTube. I'm going to get a camera in here. I'm going to do a couple of unacceptable rants while you guys see me doing the show. And the unacceptable two, three-minute rant will be on YouTube. So you guys could check that out. And it will be posted up on allthingscomedy.com. So that uh, that's happening as well. Um, and All Things Comedy will be the label for my record. So uh, happy about that. So leave the comments on iTunes. Uh, go check out allthingscomedy.com. You can see all kinds of great podcasts, my podcast as well. Go to um, gonzofame.com, my sponsor. Check out those interviews. And that's it, everybody. This has been episode 185. Um, I was going to do an episode with Bill Burr in Miami, and then I realized that I'm going to be drunk in Miami a lot and smoking cigars and going to football games and doing stand-up, and I don't think we're going to be able to even sit down and have the patience while we're sitting in a beautiful house on the water in Miami in a hot tub talking shit so that's why i decided to do this now so thank you enjoy it until episode 186 i will talk to you guys next week thanks so much